Okay, so now we're on to episode eight of Peacemaker. We're going to talk about the season finale. Uh, as always, I have got Mariah, Denise, and Shauna with me. I am David, your moderator, illustrious host for this episode. Uh, I guess we're just going to jump right into it. Denise. Yo. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I know you uh, You said you had two pages of notes, so I didn't want to. Oh, I do, but I mean, I don't, so I feel like my notes will start differently from where someone else is like, Shauna's notes will start. My notes start with Eagly, so I don't know, Shauna, where your notes, where you, where you take us, where your beginning of the episode was. Do your notes also start with Eagly, Shauna, or? No, no, mine do not. Well, Mariah starts with the van ride. I think Mariah's got it right. No, well, see, for me, that was, now that I'm back, my, my, I'm back on track here, that was the most important scene for me, because... I think at this point, like with how how comical it started, and then you get into that devolving friendship, and then once again, James Gunn kind of cuts that tension with, okay, now it's the intro. But again, I was not in the mood for a song and dance after that. I was I was really concerned about the two of them. Yeah. So, yeah. No concern. I mean, something we kind of talked really? about in the last episode for seven you know that relationship between vigilante and peacemaker and idol bio about how he kind of maybe acts or doesn't act you know towards or or for peacemaker and you know he was just kind of making the fart noises and whatever and, and vigilante just played played on him whereas if that would have gone another way with peacemaker where he would have been up like actually upset you know, Vigilante's reactions to anything Peacemaker is really going to be following Peacemaker's, yeah. Maker's vibe. Okay. I, the Vanguard was what it was. I Peacemaker had every right to me to feel the way he did. And it, there are times where I know oh, yeah. I know me and because I am a Peacemaker in that, in that BuzzFeed quiz, I know when I'm upset, I just need a minute. Like, don't come at me trying to apologize. Don't try to shove your apology in my face. Like, just give me a second to just feel the way I feel. We'll get there, but I, I need a minute. And for her to come and just feel like I have to tell you, no, you don't. You got to give him a second. Like you have to understand the actions you took and how it made him feel in that moment. And she, I feel like, I, I, I just feel like in that moment, I even I was like, just give him a second. Like read the room, read him, and let him know. Like he just needs a second. Like you could tell even the way he was saying, like I don't want to see your dumb face anymore. You could tell just the way he was saying it. He was hurt. And he needed a minute. He would have gotten over it. But yeah. trying to shove your apology down his throat yeah. wasn't something he needed in that second. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like, who was this apology for? Was it to make her feel better or him feel better? Exactly. It was for her. It wasn't for him. Yeah. Okay. Which I think she even said, like, I'm trying I need... And I was like, no, it's not about you right now. It's about him. You did a really shitty thing. Like, just give it a second. See, for me, this, like, this whole exchange between the three of them kind of brought me back to the first episode where peacemakers in the hospital, he's talking to the janitor and he, and he can't, he can't believe he's just walking away. He's like, so I'm free to go. So I can, I can just leave right now. There's nobody outside looking for me. And the janitor's like, no, nah, not that I've seen, mm -hmm. but it's because he's supposed to, he was supposed to be this fall guy the whole time. Nobody, nobody was looking for him because nobody. They needed him out. They needed him free. They needed him 
on this mission so that they could pin it on him in the end. So no, he wasn't free to go. No, he absolutely was still being watched. And I think this conversation more than anything else has happened so far in the series really put this in perspective to me that he was never free to begin with. Hmm. Oh, that is a, no, that is a, that's a, that's a good point. He really wasn't free to go. He thought his, his journey was over and it unbeknownst to him, it was just beginning. Yeah. Man. Mm. Vigilante takes us full circle at the end, but I'm gonna get to that later. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And like, it reminds me too of when you actually forgive somebody for something that has happened in your life. It's like the most selfless thing that you can do because really this person has wronged you in some way. This person has done something to affront you, but like to actually just say like, I forgive you. It's a very selfless act. And the benefit in the end, even though it's a selfless thing is for you. Like what you did was wrong, but for myself to be free for myself, I need to move past this and I need to forgive you. And I think that's, that's important because he does need the space to get there. And it doesn't matter how many, somebody, how many times somebody says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like you still need that space to like sit back and collect yourself to be able to free everybody of that burden. So we have our exchange in the, in the truck and then, I'm going to say my least favorite intro, even though they're all the same and there's no difference. I think emotionally heading into this intro, especially knowing that it's going to be the last one, I I looked at it through a different lens this time. I wasn't as excited to see it, especially with Mern not being there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it kind of it, it kind of set the tone for me like, okay, who who's going to go this time? So I did I didn't enjoy it, which was a yeah. weird feeling for me. Without Mern, I'm interested to see what next season um, intro is because I I can't imagine it'll it be the be. same. Mariah, you talked earlier about how like James Gunn did this introduction because ice dancing and figure skating was so hilarious to them that they would do this thing and they'd be at the end with like out of breath but holding their face. But in ice dancing and ice skating, figure skating, they're all smiling. They have their stage faces on. But throughout this whole dance number, they're stone-faced. There is nary a smile Mm -hmm. to be found. And so it's kind of interesting now. And it's like, I think David talked about it too in one of our other episodes where their faces, like, are they butterflies? Are they not? Because they have totally neutral faces while they're doing this goofy, hilarious, upbeat dance. And then at the end, again, they hold these poses. They're out of breath, but they, again, not a smile in the room. Yeah. Yeah, especially, I think, Annie's part. And it first cuts to her. I think it's her, her partner, and Locke. Yep. When they when they all look up and they're really stone faced. Like I said, I I never noticed Locke like the first six episodes, but then seeing him and her dancing together was was is is still really creepy for me now. Okay, so yeah, she's so good. We pull up, we hop out, and we're unpacking the helmets. Eagly doesn't have his finest moment. Neither does Adebayo. Well, no, because uh, my very first note is Eagly is in fact an ordinary eagle. Peacemaker <laughs> <laughs> tried to convince us he's no ordinary eagle, and then he took off with a helmet. I was like, no. Well, that's his best friend. He thinks so high. I mean, he can do no wrong. He says, like, if they, if he's got one character flaw, it's that 
he puts way too much faith in this evil <laughs> as an extraordinary being. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he he definitely did, and poor eagle. And I'm not going to say he let us down because he did exactly. He did exactly what an eagle. What, no, I'm sorry. He did so much more than a regular eagle would have, because a regular eagle would have left five episodes ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> the fact that he picked up the helmet and went in the general direction of yeah. the barn was amazing. So. He got there. Look, and once again, I'm sure that we're not really supposed to be drawing parallels to Marvel, but as I was watching that, all I could think of was like, is Eagly better at instructions than Baby Groot? Because the answer turns out to be oh, no, yeah. not really. <laughs> when I was like, we need you to go get this fin. It's this big. It's this. He brings back a toe. And I was just like, yeah, this definitely has some group vibes. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end of it, when he was sitting there with the button, he's like, don't, don't, I need some tape for the button. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, I'm sure there are some people that thought, Eagles would take the helmet and go. And then. James is like, no, you losers. He's just, he's an eagle. He's an no, eagle. of course he's not. He's an eagle. That was the slowest um, flight, though. <laughs> that, just, from the time he took off, I'm like, I'm really watching an eagle fly off with this helmet. And it's been 10 seconds now. Like, where is he going? And well, he veered right. Yep. Yep. So, but that's, okay. That's so right. he lines all the helmets up. Um, they, they, they talk about what helmet does what and how they can use it. Real quick, I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this. It's just something I'm curious about. Uh, what helmet do you think he's wearing during the intro? That's a great point. Because I know he's got a bunch of different ones. It's I can't. It's not. I don't think it's a Sonic Boom one because I think the Sonic Boom one's got that blue V on it's got it. Got that green, yeah. Yeah, yeah, green. Maybe it's still the X-ray one. I was gonna say X-ray just because. Okay. We don't know about all of the helmet's abilities, but we know that one, and it didn't have any, like, distinguishing markers. But I have no idea. I didn't even think about that, to be honest. Me neither. I was just curious. Okay. Hmm. All right, so we get a, I think, perfectly played scene from John Cena talking to his father. Oh, my goodness. And I think it's so, so fucking cool yeah. because John Cena is totally aware that he's going crazy. It's, it's, yes, he's not, he's not his face. Yeah, he's not confused at all, and I love it. So I want to know what you guys think about that part. I just thought it was perfect. Just because you killing him didn't mean he was gone. He's still in your head. He lives on with you. And I mean, we'll see even at the end when he's yeah. sitting on the porch with him. Like he's going to come with him in future seasons. So he can't shake his dad. So hopefully, he has friends like Leota or somebody who can be there to tell him no, what you're hearing. That's not real. Here's, I just hope he can still separate the two. Like he still knows that you're not real. I can okay. see it getting dark with his dad still being in his head constantly like that. I can, I can see it getting dark. To me, it was definitely like the literal devil on his back, you know, like mm -hmm. whispering nonsense evil in his ear. But he's lived his whole life with that. And he's, you know, arguably done okay to this point. So it's tough, but you can see it on his face. He are he like when he sees his dad, he's like, ah, fuck! Like now I'm in trouble. Now I'm hallucinating. Whatever it is, uh, but he's he's done okay to this point, having that voice in his ear anyway. 
And in the end, he does get the helmet. Like, he's right there. So it's tough to know how this is going to play out. But I think that's maybe going to... I, I actually assume it has to be played out in season two. How is this devil on his back going to influence his actions moving forward? What got me was when they were talking in the woods and he was like, you know, when well, you got a piece on, you just pull the motherfucker out and shoot me. He's like, you're not real. If I shoot you with this gun, it will make a real noise. So I'm going to use a blow dart and just kill you that way. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing was just genius to me because he's not so far gone that he's that he's unaware of the fact that he's talking to somebody who's not there. Like he knows. Yeah. And he and he knows he has to handle it. And he was also sober in that moment. Yeah. And as someone who drinks as much as he does, to have that I just that same interaction under the influence, I feel like wouldn't have gone the same way. Yeah, and we talk about like devil on your shoulder. I mean the dad even says like right after the comment, like, Oh, I tricked you, fuck nugget. Like like he consciously knew that he was going to <laughs> He, I mean, he was aware right. that he could have got him in trouble. And I think it's worth saying before we move on, too, like, it's hardcore that sees him talking to himself, and she's now the leader of the team. And they now, at the end of the episode, we kind of see them share, like, a, a very tender moment that she is only, to this point, shared with aliens. So <laughs> it's... It's important for her to have that insight. And I, again, I think that we're going to see that play out in season two where she knows he's he's got a, a split happening and she is going to have to address it or help him channel it in a, in a positive way that helps the team meet their ends. So I wanted to get on that. So in that moment, do you think she made a Waller decision? Because she she sees him. She she sees him talking to nobody. She sees him blow dart a tree. <laughs> I think maybe there's a part of her that's worried about him. But there's mm-hmm. another part of her that says, okay, despite what you're going through mentally, I really, really need you to kill this guy. We need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, when said, she said, I have, an hour, oh, she yeah. said I have one more thing for you to do. I she was said like, it so what? sweetly. Yes. I think, again, she's a soldier. She knows that the mission is the the priority. And however she gets her soldiers to commit to the mission is what she will use and leverage to move forward. But episode seven, she actually told us she thinks of her soldiers first. So it was kind of interesting in that she's not, I don't know if she picked up now that she's the Mern, if now she needs to be the mission first then my fellow soldiers but she told leota episode seven yeah i think about my fellow soldiers before i think about anybody else yeah so yeah, yeah she probably did pick up that waller Mern instinct of i need to put them aside and think of the bigger picture and the bigger picture is i know you're having a psychotic break right now but i need you to go murder this alien sitting on this bench over here or this railing over here and she sweet talked him because she knew exactly what he needed in that moment but and he shit yeah, no, yeah. That was so awesome. When they just cut scene and it was and it went from stabbing him in the head to it's dark and he's just throwing the condom of the pants. And he's like, What they don't talk about is how many times people shit themselves when they die. <laughs> he was like Yeah, I feel like a lot of this is James Gunn really has things he wants us to, he wants us to know. 
So it's like, how can I put this into a script? What show? Oh, I, I can't. <laughs> it, I can't remember if it was a show or a movie, but they were talking about when people die, they they shit themselves. It happens a lot in it movies. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Akana was had to wear the pants that <laughs> that had the shit in them. Um, he sure did, and did what he needed to do. He picked up that bag and started walking into that barn. He did. He got down the steps. Yeah. And saw the alien. My favorite was when Hardcore could, quote unquote, hear him creeping. She's like, stop creeping, John. Like, that was so funny yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, you need to act natural, which is hard to tell somebody. You're literally sitting into a lion's den and you're on a walkie telling him to act natural. Like, yeah. And I'll no. tell you, tense situations are, are the worst things for me. It's, it's worse than horror or anything gross. If anybody's ever played uh, Metal Gear, I, I'm telling you right now, I, I can't get through any of those games because I don't like tense situations. Same thing with Dishonored. I have, I started those, never finished them. Yeah. Um, well, we learned Shauna's the same. She, she'll get to the end of the movie and see who lives. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, Damn. I love spoilers. Tell me who lives. I will then go back and watch the movie so that my anxiety is a little bit <laughs> Him I'm going down that. those stairs where she said, stop creaking. I was like, fuck me, man. I wanted to turn it off. I said, I can't turn it off because <laughs> I got to no, talk about why it. I was, that's why I was like, in episode seven, when we did seven, I, I told you guys, I'm going to give you very specific instructions for me. When he got down there and saw that alien, there's no way I could have done that. I could not oh have said And it got me thinking. <laughs> In a zombie apocalypse or an alien invasion, I am going to be of no... I don't know which version of Denise is going to come out. So if you all see the version of Denise that is creeping and is going to get you all killed, you have my permission to leave me, to kill me, whatever you need to do, so that I don't... I'm not a hindrance to you all, because I wouldn't have made it out of that scene. Denise, off mic, we will talk about how to overcome a zombie apocalypse. I have a game plan, and uh, we'll we'll get you out. We'll get you out. I don't. I don't know. We can try, but in, I couldn't have been as calm, cool, and collected as he was in that moment. Especially, and I'm, I know we'll talk about it when they asked him why does he dye his beard like that. I probably would have taken off. I would have took off running. I mean, we're there, so you can talk about it now. Let's just talk about it. I mean, not not much else happens. He's creeping. He's no. creeping. It's a callback <laughs> to the movie when he says kaiju, and now we're to yep. the dye beard part. So yeah, go. Yeah, and he comes back outside, and then uh, so does Harcourt tell them that the butterflies know their memories because I know she knows because yeah. Martin told her. Yeah. Okay, because I couldn't remember if that happened, but yeah, Harcourt is. I mean, not Harcourt. Economos is coming outside, and he asks him, "Hey, the human whose body you took over, why does he do that to his beard?" And in that moment, I was like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Like, he's he's done for. The monologues in this series are um, chef's kiss amazing. Yeah, perfect. Because perfect. for him to stand up straight, mm-hmm. deep breath, and just lay it all out there, he thought it would make him look more handsome. He thought it would make him look young. He's never had yeah. a girlfriend. He thought this is what he needed. He yeah. didn't know anyone noticed. The, he's horribly underpaid, so he can't afford the good stuff. He didn't think anybody saw it until recently when somebody told him over and over and over again. So at the very end yeah. of that, though, the the person he's talking to says, humans are so pathetic. And in that, mo- in that moment, I was like, okay, is he talking yeah. about Economos being pathetic because he thought that would work? Or is he talking about Peacemaker being pathetic because he bullied Economos with that? 
He was talking about, about he was talking about the cruelty. Yeah, he he was he was talking about Peacemaker. Yeah. In that moment. Oh, I had a totally different read. I definitely thought it was a commentary on how humans presented themselves in the world and how we pathetically tried to cover up our own insecurities. So again, <laughs> this is the real barometer on, I guess, where you follow the yeah. Peacemaker character. Uh, but I definitely read it in an entirely different way. Yeah, okay. I kind of, I, I went that way first, but then I was like, well, no, maybe he's talking about Peacemaker being pathetic for the bullying or for the bringing it up to him repeatedly that you dye your beard, because why do that repeatedly? Then I was like, well, he could be talking about both parties in this instance also. Like, both both reasons are pathetic. Both things totally. are pathetic. And I think in that moment, it was a very Harry Potter, here I am, but it was a very, like, Neville Longbottom moment where Economos knew that Peacemaker was listening to what he, every word he was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Peacemaker had to listen uncomfortably to every truth he knew being verbalized. And nobody was okay with it. Nobody loved that it was happening. But Economos had the choice of blowing his cover and trying to lie or just owning up to his own insecurities. And he chose to own up to his insecurities. And in that moment, that's really mm-hmm. what being, being brave is. So there's also a kind of irony to this butterfly saying like humans are so pathetic and the bravery that Economos show or showed um, in owning up to his own insecurities and what he was doing and his own motivations and just being that vulnerable. Um, another like nerd up reference, but like as Ned Stark says, you can't be brave unless you're scared. And in that moment, what else could he have possibly felt but in- incredibly scared? And he chose to be really brave and vulnerable. RIP to the God, Ned Stark. Mm. Yeah. Dumb bastard. But I also thought it was interesting that the alien noticed that his beard was after all of that. <laughs> after everything we went through, all of, all, of, all of the feelings I went through for that monologue and everything, I was like, "Well, that's real shitty." But with the alien, that's the what alien. I was on. <laughs> In the dark. <laughs> okay, so all right, helmets. Deli- well, shit, helmets delivered. Hit a little snag. Because racist, racist beard thug finds it i love i need to say this i love this show i've loved every episode leading up to it i've loved everything about this episode there are exactly four seconds of this show that i hate more they than piled on top of him like that anything on this earth and that is when she dropped that walkie-talkie for no fucking reason <laughs> Her fucking sweaty hands. There, fuck sweaty. There was no way to feign sweat. Like she, you see her let just drop. Yeah. It. And it's like, what was the point there? Yeah. You, everybody, I think I feel like everyone here has used a walkie-talkie before. Sometimes they just don't get out what you're trying to say. You don't even need two two hands to use them. It could have come out. Yeah, it just could have come out broken up on yeah. the other end, and it didn't work. Anything, anything. But why just? She's just holding it with two hands, like two hands, and, and it just drops it. It says, "Oh, my my palms are sweaty." Even Peter, how the was fuck that? did you drop that? Yeah, <laughs> it's another example where you think, like, what is Adebayo doing? Is she sabotaging this mission? Whose side is she on? But I agree. Like in that moment, you're like, "Come on, girl!" Like, how can you possibly groom dogs who yeah. are very wriggly and hate baths and drop this walkie-talkie? Right, but. 
it got us to the point where Economos tried to outrun a whole gang of butterflies, and that and that looked cool as shit. So <laughs> <laughs> everything in me tensed up. The screams. Yeah. We went from alien invasion to zombie apocalypse, just like that, with how they sounded and how they jumped on him. As a fellow large man, he wasted <laughs> a lot of energy yelling when he was in no real danger. <laughs> like, he was running and yelling, but nobody really did anything to him. He was just wasting oxygen at that mm. point. So, okay, so he's on the ground. Mm-hmm. Who thought he wasn't going to make it? Oh, yeah, I, I, at first... Okay. And like how you've been saying this whole, just about this whole season, they're not going to get out of this. Right. It's going to be. 100% yeah. thought he was going down. Okay. I was like, yeah. look, 50 aliens jumped on him all of a sudden. I See, and, and you know the yeah. weird thing is? He went down and I was like, oh shit, this is it. And then I kind of went like, well, how? Were they going to eat him? They're not going to eat him. They grabbed him. Yeah, but there's a lot of orifices exposed in that moment. He's, he's right. face down in the dirt, so... Yeah, and that's where I was at. I was thinking he was going to get turned into a butterfly or something. Uh, but then, no. Because magically, Adebayo finds a walkie-talkie. She learns how to press a button, says the magic words. And apparently, the redneck didn't hear it the first time. She said, activate Sonic, and then dropped it. Because if he had, I'm sure he would have yeah. put it down. But... It goes off the second time. And that's what matters. Goff, and I'll say, Annie did an amazing job with just one word. She said no. But the way she said it and the look in her eyes when she mm-hmm. realized, oh, man. Yeah. Yep. That did it. Yep. She knew hope was over. It's like her entire species was about to go, it was about to be extinct. Mm-hmm. And she knew it. Yeah. yeah. She delivered that line perfectly. Yeah. yeah. And they all took off running. Yeah. Mm. So, so then we hear... Hmm? I was going to say, is it time to talk about the fight scene? Number one, Vigilante is living his absolute best life in this fight scene. He's having yes. the fucking yeah. time of his life. And the other thing that I was noticing was the shield of peace. Again, I don't mean to be—I don't mean to be like the callback to Marvel Girl, but I was like, it took us nearly twenty years to see blood on Cap's shield, and this shit is just decapitating motherfuckers left and right. Like this shield is doing damage. This is this is dark, as uh, Deadpool would say. Um, but I loved it. I, I just thought it was great. I just the, the pacing of it was great. It was brutal. It was bloody. It was. Just it was it was gleeful in the violence, and it was just it was really well executed. Let's be honest. Well, it was gleeful in, until it wasn't, you know. Yeah, but, man. Because <laughs> shit turned dark real quick. But it was also interesting that, and I don't know if him creeping around and almost getting caught changed her mind on this. But in the very beginning, Waller told Leo to she and Hark, I mean, she and Yakamos needed to stay back because if anything went south, they were there to save. They were there to save everybody. Then before they all went out, Hardcore told Leota, I need you to stay back because if anything goes south, you're our only hope. Like she totally cut out Economos. Yeah. Economos, the, the fuck, fuck am I? I? So yeah. good. I really <laughs> did you a, a, a huge favor. So I don't know if it's because she thought he, she counted him out mentally at that point or right. what. But he's he's pretty much coming to clutch every episode. So Yeah. 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 I'll say back half, he's kind of been the MVP. 
I mean, between the gorilla and and the gang of racist motherfuckers, he's yeah, yeah. You know, we'll get there, but you know, when he comes and saves the day again, when he you know trips over that fence and splits his shin, mm. and then somehow yeah. gets the power to go back get the helmet, or not the helmet. What was it? He came back. Oh yeah, he did get the, the helmet. helmet, and it came yeah. back and gave it to Leota. I was like, his back has to hurt from carrying this team. Because that is what he's constantly doing each and every episode. <laughs> Even though they all count him out, he's right there. Here you picking up their spec. So, yeah. Definitely the MVP. Yeah. Speaking of Leota, the song starts to kind of die out towards the end of the fight sequence. It is not going Harcourt's way. Leota sees that happening. And and I, and this was a part that I loved and I and I hated because Economos just kind of regresses back into a coward, which I didn't understand. Um, for somebody who Can has been... Can you blame him, though? Well, no, I don't blame him, but it's weird because for somebody who's been in two separate situations where he could have just stayed a coward, like with the gorilla, he could have just stayed in the truck. With the racist, he could have just stayed in the woods. Um, but this is a guy who, on two separate occasions, has said, I'm going to help my friends. Harcourt goes down. Adebayo tells him, like, yo, Harcourt's down. I'm going to go help her. He's like, oh, you're going to get hurt. Like, who is this guy? Where Where mm-hmm. is he coming from? Because this isn't the same guy who swept a whole team of hillbillies. This isn't the same guy who took a chainsaw to the back, middle, and front of a gorilla. And I didn't get it. And if those things had never happened, maybe I'd understand it. But I was confused there. He hasn't seen a bio do that. He knows he's capable of it. Like when when the rubber meets the road, he knows he will step in and take okay. care of some shit. But he hasn't seen a bio do that. And I know in the last episode we recorded, Denise was saying she was kind of over hearing a bio say, "I'm not made for this shit. I'm not made for this shit." And this is the payoff after. Every single episode, hearing her say, I'm not made for shit, for this shit, hearing that, why are you going? Well, I'm made for this shit. That was a huge payoff where she came into her own and was like, no, I've been saying that I'm not capable, but in fact, I actually am. And if you've been like watching it throughout, she's been proving it in little increments, not to the grandiose examples of Economos splitting a splitting a gorilla front to back, um, but shooting Judo Master straight in the chest. Like she ha- she has shown that she's capable of it, but she hasn't internalized it the way that Economos knows that when shit goes down, he's there, I think. is and, gotcha. I, and I don't think that he has ever seen her do that. Like, he wasn't there when she shot Judo Master. He wasn't there when other times she stepped up in small ways. So for him, he really does want to protect her. They're a team now. And this is her real solidifying moment. Like, I am going to contribute on a grand scale and everyone's going to know and recognize what I can do. You know what? That kind of bridges that whole thing for me because I was annoyed. I was annoyed there initially listening to him. I was super impressed watching her turn into John Wick. So I guess that conversation is basically the bridge. <laughs> like, you know, hey, you what makes you think you can do this? Like, okay, yeah, I'm with you. I see you. Okay. 
Yeah, I think that the two characters, I think that those two have really sat back and been like, let the action be done by other people, but in their own ways separately, they have contributed, but not been in the same room necessarily. But now he's like, hey, you're a nerd like me, and also you can go handle this shit. And she does, and she really fucking does. All right, I really want to focus on as the fight starts to die down, a lot of shit starts to get real. Vigilante gets pieced up. Hardcore gets pieced up. We got Economos jumping the fence. We got Adebayo trying to save Hardcore. When that butterfly started to fly over her face. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he uses a different intro song next next season. Yeah. It's been scarred for me. <laughs> yeah. I... I was definitely nervous. Also, just shout out to Peacemaker. Like, don't fuck with my BFF. Like, that's basically the mission statement of his entire character. I'll just end... I'll I'll rolled up into one action sequence. But in that moment, again, had Adebayo not been there, Hardcore was fucked. I think that's what basically cemented their relationship being okay at that point was Adebayo going through so much just to be there for her when she really yeah. needed it. Yeah. They would have submitted it for me too. I've been always forgiven. <laughs> I owe you one now. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> also, Vigilante is very single minded because uh, he got shot and he still made it a point to murder <laughs> <laughs> the person who shot him. No one passed with a knife behind yeah. him. He's great. Um, so, yeah, Leota and. Peacemaker are down inside. Peacemaker falls. He he gets to the bottom. Yep. Leota's down there looking for him. She starts digging through debris. Peacemaker's fighting through debris. And, and we think that it's Adebayo who finds him, but it's not. It's not. I for sure was like, holy shit, Leota is super strong. Never mind. I was wrong. It's Goff. <laughs> and you cut back to her and she's moving one board at a time. Right. She ain't doing shit. <laughs> Good God. Yeah, she ain't doing a damn thing. This um, isn't the alien invasion, and that's what I mean. Guys, don't just leave me. Just don't don't think <laughs> that I'm going to save you. Count me out. Like ugh. Peacemaker gets found by golf. Fight ensues. It seems about as back and forth as it's supposed to be for, you know, the two of them fighting. I have to imagine golf is pulling punches. She doesn't want to kill him. Uh Peacemaker's doing his best. He doesn't want to die. Adebayo comes and <laughs> tries to help me <laughs> and throws her stupid ass right into a wall. <laughs> oh. <laughs> which is the which is perfect. It's 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 the distraction that Goff needs to basically tell Peacemaker calm the fuck down. Like, look, I just want to talk to you. I don't actually want to kill you. But I don't think you get that if you don't see Adebayo get a concussion first. How'd you guys feel about that conversation? So the conversation is that they took a vow and that word rang true. That that's what took him back to his brother because he took a vow. So as soon as she said vow, she had him, right? Took a vow, moved from an unlivable planet. We found one similar to ours. We want to habitate it for the hundred years we have left. And when we got here, we saw that you all are doing a shitty job running this planet. You're going to end up exactly like we are. 
So we're taking it upon ourselves to take away your free will. And I think that's where she lost him. I think she had him up until she said that. She had me yeah. up until she said that, to be honest. And as soon as he heard that, that's where the activate sonic boom and he flung Leo across the room. Yeah, but again, I just I just really love how James Gunn is taking an opportunity to use these characters in this show to say, you dummies. And it's kind of like the angling of it, she's kind of side-eyeing Peacemaker, but if she turned just a little bit more, she would have been looking at us. You're not listening to science. You're listening to leaders who are driving you down the wrong path, the wrong road. Listen to the scientists and what they're saying. This is exactly where we went wrong. If she turned us two centimeters, she would have been talking directly to us. Yeah. And I feel it was the message for us. I was going to say, Shauna, as somebody who can't get into Canada right now, how do you feel about... Oh, man. So <laughs> I have feelings about this one, folks. So as I was listening to her talk about you dummies, you're not doing it right. And we are here to help you do it right. I My first note is... Why does this sound so familiar? And then I thought about Denise's point in one of our earlier episodes about the monologue that Mern's butterfly has about how they felt really upset and sad and guilt-ridden about the fact that they didn't give Mern a chance to change his ways. And he took over and he didn't have a redemption arc. And then I thought, well, maybe that was why this felt familiar. And then I kind of landed on, oh, wait, it's the story of the of the human race. This is colonialism. That's what we're hearing. Oh, you stupid natives. You don't know how to handle this land or your resources. Let us move in and mm -hmm. take over and impose our will on you. Yep. And then I was like, oh, this really is a very sobering mirror to look into. Like, I'm a very white person. My whole family is from England. And all, like in Canada too, like we, that that's the history of the human race is you dummies, you don't know how to take care of this or you dummies, you don't know how to be real people. So let us show you how. And I think that's how this really rang true to me. And that was, it kind of stopped me in my tracks. Like to Denise's point too, like it's, it's almost there with listen to the science and why aren't you doing the right thing? But like it's a, it's, it's very hard to know which side to be on. I think Peacemaker in the end, when his whole reasoning was like, I just knew that they would hurt you. My people that I love, that's kind of what guided my decision. Like that's, that's kind of the easiest way to frame it. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but like that's a heavy conversation for something that has a dance number as light as we've been seeing. You know what I mean? Like this whole series is just yo-yoing us back and forth between very lighthearted and really tough mirrors that we have to look at ourselves through and say like, are we doing the right thing? Are we not doing the right thing? Like where, where is the right path forward? So that was, that was a tough one. That was a really heavy monologue layered under, Hey, we're an alien species invading earth because you guys don't understand what you're doing to your natural resources. Mariah, where are you? No, I don't. I don't have anything to add. I mean, I think you guys are both one hundred percent right, and, and I definitely agree. And you know, I think with some of the stuff that's just going on in the world, with even movies as "Don't Look Up," and you know, with even 
the whole vaccinations and science and listening to scientists and, you know, there's just all these other things going on that it definitely, maybe adding in certain words like scientists and, and things like that were, I, I mean, I don't really know James Gunn's views, but I assume he's pro-vaccinations and pro-science, um, but, you know, I I think there's a lot of things going on right now where they're trying to get people to stop listening to the Joe Rogans of the world and stop listening to the, the fake news or whatever and that we really need to, yeah, listen listen to the scientists. There was a Super Bowl commercial, Matthew McConaughey. I think it was a sales, sales force. Where the, message, where the message was, don't look out to somewhere else. The fact that the aliens came to Earth because they destroyed their planet, so they came to the next best thing to take that over mm-hmm. and rebuild. It's kind of similar to what we're doing. We're already thinking about what else is in our solar system that we can go to, and that's yeah. not the answer. The answer is to stop everything you're doing now that's yeah. going to harm this. Take care of this before you start to look at other things. That was the thing, don't look up. Don't yeah. do that. Focus on what we have here instead of trying to focus on the next planet because they got to the next planet and then what happened? Focus on what you have now. Take care of what you have now. Listen to the scientists who are telling you how to take care of what you have now. Let's focus on this. Don't focus on the next. So I kind of like the decision he made, even though he even kind of wrestled with it. Did I make the right choice? I like how Leota didn't tell him yes or no. She just said, who knows, maybe. Because, exact, I don't, I wouldn't have wanted to kill that alien, I can tell you that. I feel like if you just kill the butterflies, but left him alone, left him or her alone, it was a her. Leave her alone. That 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 poor cow deserved better, but. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I think that Mariah and Denise, you have both really hit the word on the head, and that's just like, let's listen, let's be open, let's be open to that dialogue, because yeah, I don't think James Gunn is necessarily preaching like this is the way forward, but like let's have that dialogue. Let's be open. Let's let's be receptive and like let's try to move forward together as a human race, you know? So it's But you didn't see this coming from Peacemaker is the whole thing. Like, you know what I mean? You just this is uh and this is a series that's supposed to be kind of funny and lighthearted but then these very heavy mirrors are being held up against our own society and it's important to take the time to look at them and really think about where you fall and how to move forward i think that's what comic books are i know with with my history with comic books i know denise has really been into them for a long time I, they they are a mirror uh, sometimes they're not in the most pleasant mirror. Sometimes, you know, you, you see stuff you don't want to see coming back at you, which I think a lot of people are sort of coming to grips with now because uh, the X-Men are kind of making a revival and they're like, well, you know, they didn't see it as political back then because they were children. But now as adults, having to look at it through the lens of the adults that were writing it, I think we're starting to understand a lot of the source material. And I think, Shauna, I think you were right when you they went back to why Peacemaker shot Goff. And he basically, after everything that she told him, it all boiled down to, if I didn't stop this, they were going to hurt you. And he didn't, he didn't care about the political shit. He didn't care about the planet dying. He didn't care about them coming from another galaxy. 
um, she was sure that he was going to agree with her because of the time she spent with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he and he essentially confirms it. He was like, yeah, she, she was right, except she was going to hurt my friends if I didn't stop her. So mm-hmm. I had to. And then he, and he showed regret. He was like, did I just damn us basically to die because I was worried about y'all? And that's where Adebayo kind of comforts him and says, well, maybe, but you gave us the choice. And I I don't think it's an accident in that case that Adebayo is a lesbian. And I don't think it's an accident that she's a black American. Like, I don't think that any of that is an accident in this universe. I think that especially considering his upbringing, those things would be barriers to that friendship. And Peacemaker doesn't even consider them as barriers. She's his friend. After Eagly, like his best friend. And I think that's deliberate. I don't think that that's an accident, especially in today's climate. I think it's just kind of a lob ball I think it's kind of a softball to opening that conversation like there's more that unites us than divides us so I think it's just I think it's really well done honestly I think it's it's worth talking about I think it's worth having that conversation and to your point David like absolutely my my absolute best friend in the world is an x-men aficionado knows everything about x-men but like his definitions of love came from that universe where it's just so powerful and it doesn't matter your gender and it doesn't matter your race or it doesn't matter your creed. It's just these stories because they have that layer of like superhuman or quote unquote mutant or whatever, they have this other class that they can layer on top that makes these other classes that divide us completely obsolete. And I think that's what draws a lot of us to these stories. And I think that in this universe or in James Gunn's DCEU, they're being really well deployed. James Gunn took us through a heavy moment. And then after that heavy moment, he gave us some levity to to kind of draw everything back down. As it turns out, Harcourt, so not okay, but she's, she's alive. Uh, oh, that levity. I was like, what happened? <laughs> the levity with Aquaman. It's fucking fish. Oh, the Justice League cameo. What yeah, so say? so that was the surprise to me. That was like... That was really good. I didn't see that coming whatsoever. Didn't yeah. see it. You heard Marvel shot that scene, right? Who did? Marvel's, Marvel shot that scene. Marvel of Studios. course it did, because it was cool. DC couldn't do some shit like that. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Tell me everything. <laughs> So basically, uh, he was, who was it? So they owed him a favor. Was it DC that shot? He was filming Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think DC shot the actor who's playing Mern's monologue for his audition. So it was kind of like Marvel owed them a favor from from, from recalling this correctly. So he was filming Guardians and they filmed that cameo for them it was kind of like a i did this for you you do this for me so marvel filmed that scene that cameo scene okay good yeah because dc would have fucked it up so uh, i i i guess i'm just team marvel again because that was 
Also Fucking amazing. Because The Witcher ruined the fact that we couldn't see Henry as Superman. Because while he's doing The Witcher, Netflix owns the rights to his face. Yeah, his Wait. face. I Hold saw up. That. I didn't think that was The Witcher. I thought that was the Mission Impossible movie. I, I just assumed it was The Witcher. I don't know. Basically, Netflix owns his face right now. So he couldn't join in, in the cameo because of that. Oh, and oversight on Henry's. My Never thing, mind. Okay, I'm so thinking a different thing. Why was Wonder Woman there? Because I, I know that was a stunt double. I saw her pictures on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I don't know why Gal Gadot couldn't be there for the filming of that. I, but. I don't But <laughs> my thing is, why have her there? Why not just have Aquaman and Flash there? Why do you need Superman and Wonder Woman if you can't show their faces? I think it's important to show Amanda Waller's Exactly. Like, you reach. need more Justice reach. League weight. Like, if yeah. you ask Justice League and you send me Aquaman and Flash, I'm going to be like... If I'm DC and I'm really trying to show people, hey, you know what? I got real close to the line on being a piece of shit, but hey, I'm DC. I'm not a piece of shit. You know who would have been standing there? Ray fucking Fisher would have been standing there. I am with you on that. Did actually. He, let's see, he mentioned every single those, one of those characters in the show. Did he mention Cyclops in the show? Or, uh, not Cyber? a once. No. Not a once that I remember. Not so he time. mentioned Flash. He mentioned Wonder Woman. He mentioned Batman, who wasn't there, but he also mentioned right. Aquaman and Superman. Yep. So the four that he mentioned in the show were there. So I feel like putting Cyber Out of in the five. Because, again, he mentioned Batman. Yeah, he didn't mention Batman, right. And Oh, he did, but he wasn't there. Right. Don't know why, but. And again, I have to assume Batman's a reason why there's no more amber fluid. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know, I got into this on Twitter with some people. Here's my, here's my thought with this. Because, well, no, because somebody asked, like, well, how how are all the butterflies dead? Because there's butterflies all over the world. There was amber fluid everywhere. And how is it all gone? Like, how are they all dead? And I'm like, okay, if the Justice League is there, then that means that in some way, shape, or form, Batman is there. And if Batman is there, then that means that they found it all. And and, and that's the Mag- Batman's the MacGuffin in that case. I don't need to know how he found it all, but if Batman tells me he got it all, I believe him. I don't that's believe... why he wasn't there. Right. I don't, I don't believe Superman if he says he got it all. Fuck you. I don't believe Flash. I don't believe Aquaman. I don't believe Wonder Woman. But if Batman says, hey, look, I, it's I, done. Yeah, it's it's finished. It's done. They'll, they'll be out of here once they starve to death in a week. I got all of it. <laughs> then Batman got all of it. <laughs> oh yeah, because James Gunn did say the saddest thing of that episode. One of the saddest moments was the fact that he fed off the rest of the amber fluid. Yeah, and somebody was like, well, "How do you know it was the rest?" He yeah, wrote the fucking well. show. That's how he knows. <laughs> like, <laughs> if James Not Gunn wrong. says there's no Not more, wrong. there's no fucking more. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of touching to see him pour out the rest of it. I was like, oh, God. It was. Yeah, I kind of wondered why he didn't just ration it, though. Well, see, here's where I was at with that. Because you had him pouring it out. You had his dad sit down. You had him sitting there drinking the beer. You had to eagerly go get another. What are these things he's been murdering in these Possums? 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 Okay. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Okay, possums. But we didn't have a guarantee of a second season until about two weeks ago. So I think James shot the ending thinking, okay, I'm not going to bullshit y'all. I'm going to do an ending. And if we get picked up again, cool, we get picked up again. But I'm not going to do this shit where I leave it on um, some weird cliffhanger 
or introduce some new shit and then we'll see. Like they do on Netflix every three and a half weeks. He just yeah. ended the shit and and luckily we get to see more of the story. I will say the way he wrapped this episode up was perfect because most people, by the time you get to episode eight, they're trying real yeah. hard and real fast to wrap and tie loose ends. Yeah. It was the way he wrote this out. It was perfect the way everything ended. Um, it didn't feel too fast. Everything felt just right the way everything ended. We skipped something yeah. I kind of want to go back to. Sure. And I'm sure you guys want to talk about it. Vigilante. The, the, the third act of this when he's standing in the hospital and he, and everybody's like, yo man, you have to, <laughs> you have to see a doctor. He's like, nah, I'm straight. No, I'll take a nap. I need, I need a nap. Yeah. And the whole show kind of goes full circle because yeah. um, they, they, they show you Harcourt's hospital bed with Peacemaker and they're kind of connecting and Peacemaker and Adebayo have their moment and they're connecting. But then after all of that, you see vigilante just kind of look around and just jump half naked out the window. <laughs> no, he kind of he looked up at the TV, saw Adebayo, which we do need to get back to that. Yeah, blowing her cover, going like yeah, yeah. and then jumping out of the window. Like, what story was he on? Is he is he dead? Is he? I don't know. He made it seem like he was on the first floor, but who knows? Like yeah. weird Ted Bundy vibes, though, right? Because he seemed happy to jump. People, let's talk about Leota. A news conference seemed weird to me. Where did she get the reporters from? Did she call it? Blowing the cover on her mother like that, though. Yeah. The whole thing. The whole thing. And then getting a cameo from Viola Davis. Yeah. I loved that. James Gunn said, we done with Suicide Squad. <laughs> he said, there are no more. So, if you were looking at the screen, there was a reference to Argus. Did anybody else catch that? I did not. It was on her lower third when she was talking, right? They were calling out A-R-G-U-S. So mm-hmm. Argus is kind of like a surveillance system. It's, it's again, not to be the Marvel girl, but like it's kind of like S.H.I.E.L.D. a little bit for DCEU. Um, but it comes from the Greek myth where Argus is a giant with like a thousand eyes. And... And just like the surveillance system that they have on the planet. So that's where that name comes from. And um, for the first time ever, and I don't know why I just noticed it now, but like Belle Reeve actually caught my eye. And as somebody who like speaks a little bit of French, I was like, oh, that means it's not exactly a one for one, but it kind of means sweet dreams or like good dreams. And like those two things to me, I really stood out at the end. I was like, okay, so I understand Argus as being, an overwatch of the the planet but good dreams sweet dreams stuff felt weird for a supervillain prison although that's very well established in the dc universe so maybe it's just me noticing it for the first time because it's not my <laughs> touch point um but uh just two things that i noticed at the end did anybody have any thoughts on those i just found out about the argus thing I mean, I I know I know what Argus is. I didn't know that it showed up in the show. Um, if that if if that showed up at the end of the season, I'd be real curious to see how the second season starts. Cause I know Amanda Waller is the head of Argus, so that that'd be. Uh, 
I mean, I know she was she was pissed off at the end because everything got exposed, but I didn't I didn't really connect those dots as to where she would be in any sort of trouble. But yeah, she's and- probably got some shit she's got to cover up at this point. Mm-hmm. And there was some like when I was doing my like research then on what Argus was because again it's not my touch point but Steve Trevor used to be the head of of Argus and was yeah kind of one of the founders and then I was like whoa Wonder Woman so that's a pretty close touch point when Amanda Waller is calling in the Justice League of which we know Wonder Woman is a part I don't know like I said I don't know the the press conference I was like well, it, I don't know nah, I, say, I just, say what you feel say where Jesus leads you man. Go ahead. Yeah, Denise has thoughts. She's trying to articulate them now. Yeah. It was just her moment of trying to, like, do the right thing. She spent the, you know, the seven and a half episodes, seven episodes doing what she felt was the wrong thing. She's not made for this shit. She finally came to the terms. It it kind of felt like she, that was her finally saying, I'm not made for this, which I don't, I don't know. I feel like that press conference was her saying, I'm not made for this. See, I. Because why do it? Before I go into why I think she did it, Mariah, do you have anything you would like to? Honestly, I was watching this on the plane, and I it was a bad lighting. I was kind of scared because I hate turbulence, so I didn't get a chance to re <laughs> to rewatch it. So no, no additional okay. comments. For me, it harkens back to the beginning of the episode when her and Peacemaker are arguing. And he tells her, "I, you know, basically, I don't give to, I don't care about your sorry, because that's just words to me." You haven't shown me you're sorry yet. And I think this was her way of showing him, look, what I did was wrong and I'll prove, I'll prove it to you. I'll prove to you that what I did was wrong. I'll tell everybody everything. I'll clear your name. I'll put the people who are responsible for doing this to you in the spotlights. Now they have to answer for it. That's what, that's why I think she did it. If 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 she had never planted that diary, I don't think she would have said anything, especially not a news conference. But she yeah. had to do that to make up for what she did. So yeah. she severed her relationship with her mother because at that point, I and I don't, no see, I don't think it is. I don't think so. I think at, Amanda Waller, as somebody who's lived as long as she has, doing what you quote unquote have to do. I don't. I don't think. I mean, I think she's mad. And I think, you know, when she said, what the fuck, she'll also say it on the phone to her daughter. But I don't... She definitely has, I feel like she should have an exit strategy. Like, she, she right. has a situation to bring in an instance that this happens. Boy, man, Donald Trump been walking around fresh and clean. This man been ducking <laughs> shit. The way he been ducking shit, you think she's okay. <laughs> I, think, I think she'll be okay. I think it's going to be a minor inconvenience. But I feel like she put her daughter there because that was the one person she could trust. Now she can't trust anybody. I think that if she didn't see her daughter having a crisis of conscience, then she's not very good at her job. Because she's had that, she's, her daughter has has had issues with what she's been doing since the moment she got there. And if Waller couldn't have seen that before she sent her, then that's not the Amanda Waller I know. We do have season two to look forward to. Fun fact. So we paused, and then when we came back, my clockwise changed. So now it's Mariah first. So what are you excited about? Okay. 
Um, okay. Still watching Ozark. And actually, um, Amazon Prime finally released new episodes of The Marvelous Miss Maze. So I assume that means that hopefully they're going to start finally releasing some other other shows, Good Omen, Upload, some of these other things that I've been watching. Um, so just excited to see Amazon Prime finally releasing new content. Okay. So, Denise, what do you got? So, finishing Watchmen, and um, someone has graciously offered to allow me to watch their Apple TV so that I can start watching After Party that you guys are mentioning. Well, yeah. And Ted Lasso. And um, and gotta watch Ted Lasso. And also, it's been a few. Oh months. yeah! Oh shit! And Mythic Quest. Holy shit! Yes. What's a Mythic? Okay. Mythic oh, Quest. Uh, old I, boy from I, It's Always Sunny. I will talk about Mythic. We'll just Quest send you a list. Is exciting me just to take the the weight off Denise. Okay. <laughs> okay. But it's also been a few months since I've spoken to my villagers in Animal Crossing, so I need to check back in with my village and mm. clean it up a bit because I'm sure weeds have taken over. Yeah. Okay. It's, been, yeah, it's Christmas, so. <laughs> so, Shauna. So yeah, um, there's a sale on PlayStation about the uh, Assassin's Creed series. Um, so I'll probably pick up a couple of DLCs in the coming weeks to pass the time. Um, but also, Denise, you don't know anything about Mythic Quest, so let me tell you about Mythic Quest. It's amazing. Everybody should watch it. Um, if we ever cover it i have a lot more to say but it's it's just an amazing series um rob McElhenney, who isn't always sunny and also owns a soccer team with ryan reynolds deadpool um <laughs> has a owns basically and is a creative director on a video game and it's just it's so good and i recommend everybody watch it but um Hopefully we can cover it in the future because it's such a great commentary on leadership and the tech space and video game space. It's just, it's, it's so Am good. I the only one who hasn't seen it? It's so good. I've seen it. I only watched the first episode. I watched the whole thing. I couldn't really get into it. I, husband I and I crushed that shit. It is so good. Mm -hmm. And I will also say, as far as pandemic episodes go, it's one of my favorites that has ever hit any platform. Um, their 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 episode on handling the pandemic, especially oh, in the early days before yeah. we learned anything and we were all kind of in the throes of handling our shit independently. It, it was just so well done. So highly recommended. Good. I'm excited. All right. So I guess I will end on myself. Um, I'm not going to harp on the destiny thing anymore. That's happening tomorrow. I'm super excited about that. What I will say <laughs> is in about two weeks, um, Taika Watiti has a show coming out on HBO max called our flag means death. We'll I watch am it. so we'll excited watch for this. He mm -hmm. plays, he actually plays Blackbeard in the show. Can't wait. It's it, it basically it's, it's him getting to write and direct a show about pirates and it's going to be fucking amazing. I know it. I'm um, really excited about that. Love so, it. Yeah. And then what we have the Batman coming out soon. I mean, 
Next week, actually. Yep, next week. And then Moon Knight when? March 22nd? Oh, I believe. Oh, and, uh, don't quote me on no, the 22nd. The I just know the end of March, right? It's the 30th. 30th? Okay, cool. All right. And then All I right. think uh, there's something else in March. Oh, The Boys is doing a few animated episodes oh, in March. Oh, that's right. Can't wait for The Boys. All yeah. right. Well, maybe we cover that in one of our epi- upcoming episodes. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be fun. All right. All right. All right. So, uh, thank you for going on this journey with, through Peacemaker with us. And we will talk to you guys next time. Love you. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Bye.